0: Well, yeah, it's... There we go. There you go. There we go. You're on. Yeah. How's it it's going? Been, yeah, good, good. Um, It's been a
1: crazy old week.
0: Well, well, I think that's... That is... That should be... Those are the times we live in. Any week that's not crazy, where massive historical effed up things are not happening, wouldn't be current at the moment. You know, <laughs> that's just that's just where we are you know in the um in the in the era of the strange and unusual and in fact it looking and researching at the things i look at and researching the things i research and you too um as you do too seems a more sane and logical world than the one that's surrounding us at the mm. moment do you ever yeah. feel that
1: yeah i th- think um you know something that we're going to be talking about soon on the monty zone is the um well i've named the episode glitch in the matrix and uh you know mm. a lot of stuff that floats around at the moment about this uh you know ideology that we're living in a matrix and mm. you know, people have got evidence of it and especially mostly video evidence let's be fair um but yeah sometimes it does feel like the real world is almost a fantasy especially recently it's Mm. felt a lot like the real world is the fantasy um because you know there's a lot of things not getting too deep and not getting too political but Mm. there's things that have happened in the world that you just think as somebody who was born in the 70s and Mm. sort of grew up in the 80s and the early 90s um
0: you know, you just didn't expect the world to kind of go in some of the directions that it has. Especially not after the 90s, which were amazing. Let's face mm. it. I mean, I thought for a long time that the 90s was amazing because, again, as a 70s child, that was the main sort of sort of late teens to early 20s period for me. And I just thought that was an amazing time in my mind, But looking back on it. And searching on the internet as well, yeah. so many other people outside of that zone actually have come back and said, no, that was the decade, that was the best, sort of post-World War II, between then and say, let's say 9-11, it's the beginning of a big change or something like that, or at least politically speaking or economically speaking, that was yeah. the best decade where everything, people got on the best together people made amazing creative projects and music and that's still happening of course it is you know we're slightly out of that zone because of our age bracket Mm. but maybe there's some sense of freedom of optimism that is missing since that time i don't know perhaps
1: yeah i think that's why i try to um this is more for my sort of you know babe profession but I try to keep on top of um, the kind of generational trends. Mm -hmm. So like right now, the emerging generation, which has been since 2005 is called the Generation Alpha. That's the name that they've been given. So they're starting off with the Greek alphabet now after Generation X. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Generation Z, sorry. Z, yeah. Yeah. We're Um, on to alphas now? Alpha is the new one. Uh, I think... uh, I've heard whispers that it's not going to go in the exact order of the Greek alphabet, but um, there is discussion that the next one will be beta, however. Um,
0: When does beta start, then? If 2005 was alpha, how long do you get for that? Is that a 10-year span?
1: Yeah, it sort of goes from, I think, 2005 to 2024. So beta will start in 2025. Uh, But what's interesting about Generation Alpha is that, you know, they're obviously the first generation born in this 21st century Mm. fully. And, you know, the reason why, you know, going back to why I would bring this up is that you were just saying about, you know, how we feel Mm. about current day uh, reality or society and how it's evolved and, you know, it's not gone the direction that we imagine. You know, one thing that I've kind of noticed throughout my you know, I consider myself to be quite a uh, an observer of human nature, mm. and you know, one of the things that I can you know say with confidence is that each generation kind of says the same thing mm. about the next generation, sort of two generations. Yeah, um, you know, our grandparents sort of said probably said a lot about how. You know we lived in the 80s and in the 90s and the things that we mm-hmm. did how it was so wrong about you know from the, how they expected um so you know where we feel this lack of optimism it's interesting to keep in touch with those younger generations because ultimately you don't know what their perception of optimism is
2: mm-hmm. but
1: it was true to say that with generation z there was a very um overbearing kind of tone of apocalyptic sort of world for for generation z um because they were born of a generation where they kind of felt that like the world might come to an end in their lifetime Mm. because of the lack of resources they were born into a world where the world was already talking about how can we stretch out these reserves of you know natural resources and how can we protect the planet and um and so it's had this kind of apocalyptic kind of section hmm. of them they, they 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 definitely and this is why they cherish everything about life and they cherish their bodies a lot more and they're, they're not uh, they're not a generation that as bigger drinkers of alcohol and things like that
0: or smokers and, even that's true yeah or even yes. drug takers that's that's another yeah,
1: yeah. i think that the, obviously the, the the focus is to make Sure that they are as healthy as possible to to live through all the possible future challenges. But the good news is, is that from what I've read thus far, uh, Generation Alpha is a little bit more optimistic. And, okay. Yeah. You know, yeah. That's good. Yeah. But a, That's lot a good thing. It. It's not really paranormal, so I won't go right on. No, well, way.
0: it is. But I, I, one of my reasons for asking actually is is because I've been noticing recently that there are certain types, uh, certain areas, or genres even, of cryptozoology and the paranormal that particular age brackets of fans or researchers are into more than others. Have you noticed in this in this genera- generational outreach project that you're involved in, in your day-to-day, have you noticed a specific area that, say, Generation Z or Generation A alpha is more interested in is you know is it aliens ufos reptilians cryptids bigfoot or or something else
1: um do you know what in all honesty i wish i had but i haven't Mm -hmm. i haven't sort of uh applied that, that far i think there's certain aspects of um how they communicate with the world and interact with the world that mm. plays a big part in it, but, you know, cause right now, um, you know, I'm sure you can, you're aware of it. There seems to be a reemergence emergence of um, very much this focus on Megalodon and, mm. you know, large sharks, you know, so we've got the Hollywood movie coming up. Um, Meg 2. Yeah. Black, yeah. Black Demon and the Meg, Meg 2, like closely to follow. And um, I think that's a lot to do with, you know, how that generation that will be that core cinema goer right now, mm. um, you know, the way that they're very, you know, TikTok heavy and things like that. And on th- platforms like TikTok, etc., cetera, uh, Instagram, there is a lot of stuff with videos, you know, very short, you know, your shorts of videos mm. about, you know, megalodon and massive shark and stuff like that so uh, and just big sharks in general as well Mm -hmm. there's a lot of content that floats around about um you know uh, demon sharks as well so i definitely think that that's how that's that's emerged and how that's come back onto the hollywood agenda again Mm -hmm. Uh, but you know the same could be said about bigfoot really because there's you know a, a massive amount of shorts. Um, you know I think you know the the Sasquatch Bigfoot uh, category is is kind of like really heavily saturated by Mm. shorts I would say even more so than Ufology. Ufology I think there's you know obviously a huge amount of content out there um, but you don't see as many shorts I think Mm. as you see that's my observation anyway.
0: And that would, I mean, that would make sense. I was, um, you talking about those, the Meg movies, actually, that Meg too. I was speaking to Steve Alton about having back on for the second one. Cause I had him on for the first one. And it had such a, a really interesting story of how I suppose how the movie eventually got, or the book eventually got picked up as a movie. And then mm-hmm. this long, arduous process that you go through to get the second one. But I, I did notice because I'm a TikTok user, just how many. I'm with Black Demon as well, actually. How many millions and millions of views and hits the ad got? Just the ad was huge. I mean, it's a big Hollywood movie. I get a bit, even more than one would expect. And that, as you say, that is, that does express a particular interest from that, that age demographic. You know, it's strange. And we talk about these things about, um, generations and, everybody who's getting a little bit older I'm not particularly old 47 you know not um what's that Chris Rock says you know I'm um um I'm not old I'm just too old to be in the club you know (laughs) that kind of thing (laughs) I'm that age um and everybody just feels that wherever they are at that particular point in time is is normality that's how it feels to a normal individual if you're 60 that's like normality if you're 40 that's Mm. normality if you're 15, it's the same thing. And um, it, it, of course, nobody keeps up with everything that goes on all of the time because it's just too much of a headache. You just settle in your life with your ways. I, I remember I was in a meeting uh, a few months back with one of the teams and somebody had told me, one of the younger people had told me, who was about 17, the youngest person we had in the business, um, that I shouldn't use emojis messages because that's that's what old people do and i was talking to one of the girls in there charlotte who was maybe a few years younger than me and i said look somebody just told me that you're not supposed to use emojis because that's what old people do i said but we just got these (laughs) like this has just happened in my mind anyway somewhere in the ether of the back of my mind and i suppose it's just troubling you know sooner or later time moves on and I'm not particularly convinced that you have to move on with it. You just find the stuff that works for you. Younger people, anyway, will always know if you're trying to be them. Don't be them, be you. And if that's okay for them, that's okay. Same with older people. If the you that you are is acceptable, then that's a good place to start from. Anyway, I digress. And I never stay on point. Let's get into Let's get into G, anyway. Um, we spoke, first of all, on your podcast had a really good time and uh i just really you know really was intrigued by something that you'd mentioned during it that you'd had a kind of experience that had i don't know if it led you into this world but at least you know encouraged you to seek further answers and you didn't go into it at the time because i guess you were interviewing me but it you know it'd be really nice to know what happened and um, I do know a little bit about it. I've listened to it in a few but for the viewers, what happened? And after that, you know, what's your what's your view of it now? What's your perspective, uh, objectively speaking, on what took place? Yes. I,
1: mean, I mean, do you mind if I start the other way around? So give you my perspective, and and then talk about the experience. Yeah. Okay. do it do
0: it do it the way you want to do it
1: um because you know first of all to start off with i, I don't basically discuss it very much that's why i didn't go into it, it, it into length um i have discussed it however sort of live uh on on youtube well not live it but it was on youtube mm-hmm. and uh, that was with ben from from 401 files yeah and you know because I, I trusted ben to to sort of you know have a open discussion with him about it but you know in my lifetime I, I, before that moment i'd only really discussed it with about four or five people mm-hmm. like you know all the way through my lifetime so and you know this is spanning from when i was the age of 14 so you know quite a few years ago you know um i'm 48 now so you know okay it's quite a long we're in time the same ago.
0: we're the same ballpark yeah yeah yeah
1: so um but my perspective on it is that uh, i've just launched a new well not it is a new channel um but uh it's kind of a solo channel for me so um i i I do a lot of uh work or content on another channel called the vault um Mm -hmm. but basically and i'll I'll be continued doing that that's where we first met on the on the vault sessions um but with the new channel that i work on it's just me and one of the things that i want to kind of drop on there is a documentary that covers all of this and and the experience that you're talking about Mm. um because in that documentary i really have to open up to how it's really hard for me because being quite a open-minded skeptic i there's a lot of you know things that i can say about my own experience that make me question it if
0: that makes mm-hmm. sense yeah it does
1: um but the overriding feeling is is that you know this is sort of you know 30 odd years ago and i still can't forget about it you know like if, if you go down that avenue just as an example that you know what i my experience was a dream well i can't think of any other dream from 30 mm-hmm. years ago that i remember if mm-hmm. if that is but there's lots of different things that across both kind of looking at things logically and using scientific background you know you can uh, explain a lot of it away um so you know i can't deny that you know things like sleep paralysis and and, Mm. and, uh, that, that again is something that i've explored but i've also explored ufology as well over the years and looked at similarities between cases because obviously my case would be classified um or my experience would be classified as a close close encounter of the fourth kind um because it involved um abduction Mm -hmm. but you know um it's very difficult for me to to kind of explain the experience because it's almost just a collection of memories Mm -hmm. But those collection of memories were stirred by seeing something, um, not at the time. So I think it was a couple of days later. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever been sort of had a bit too of a heavy night out and drank a lot. And then sometimes you don't remember the night before, somebody says something and then all of a sudden little flashes come back, yeah. but there's still gaps in there that you're missing. It very much, You know was like that in terms of um but it was a lot more overwhelming Mm -hmm. all these memories just came flooding back but you know so i don't spend the whole hour talking about this i'll try and shoot for it as fast as possible no
0: take your time to it
1: it basically um i i met a friend in school at a lunch hour and saw something in a newspaper that that was in the vicinity we were in a sort of teacher's office and uh there was a newspaper on the desk and I opened the newspaper and I uh, and the picture that I saw in the newspaper sort of made all these memories come flooding back and it it was such a strong feeling that it basically kind of made me run to the toilet and throw up Mm. um and and I said Uh, And I've said to people before, like, you know, maybe it was like a first panic attack or, or, you know, Mm -hmm. that's very much what it kind of felt like. But, you know, I then didn't, I didn't talk to anybody about these memories that I had for a good sort of roughly about three years. And the first person that I discussed it with was actually an American friend because I, was living in America, I'd lived in America for almost two years Mm -hmm. in uh, Phoenix in Arizona and uh, one of my friends over there was you know got the the conversation got into you know the things that he had seen in the desert um, you know in Arizona and so because he kind of opened that door I then felt comfortable for the first time ever to talk to somebody about what I'd experienced but I'll try and go through the memories for you in a kind yeah. of sort of linear fashion. Um, so the first memory is uh, I'm face down on my bed in my you know obviously I'm 14 years old I'm living at home with my parents. I'm I wake up I am face down in the bed and basically it feels like I'm being pushed by a really heavy weight down mm. into the bed, but. I'm also sensing that I'm really, really hot, and then I also sense that there's this really strong uh, sort of like almost like baseline noise, like a, a, a just a, a total constant humming that is really, really basic, mm. basic, and um, and so I try to sort of turn my head. Um, to sort of see what it is but imagine trying to turn your head when somebody's pushing on the back of your head and pushing you down Mm. that's what it felt like it felt like really hard to do uh when i did do it i noticed that the room was completely and utterly filled with like the most insane bright white light um the next thing i remember is that i'm stood up outside of my bed but i'm not really in control of what I want to do, mm. I, I can see, but I can't make any noise. I can't, I can't talk or, or anything like that. Um, I don't see anything except this incredible bright white light. But I also still have a sense that I'm in my bedroom mm. or I'm in my my, my childhood room, and um, then I just sort of see a shadow. Sort of go from one side of the room to the other side, like width, width, length. So I'm Mm -hmm. looking down, sort of long ways, and it sort of crosses over like that. But it's just a blur of a shadow. I don't make out any detail or any any identity of what it is. But where it stopped and went out of my vision would have been behind my cupboard in my bedroom. Mm -hmm. So I, I then, I'm sensing that I'm moving forward, getting closer to the cupboard, and. I can recall just being like slightly freaked out about what it was that I was going to see around that Mm. corner but before but I have no memory of what I saw because before uh, that then sort of basically unfolded I then found that I'm now in complete black but moving slowly towards my bedroom window so the room is now sort of like normal light but at night time and I, I'm slowly sort of making my way towards the window. But in all honesty, if I was to describe the movement of going to the window, it wasn't like I was walking. It was like I was floating.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, uh, but, you know, I'm, I'm upright like you would be if you were stood up. And I get towards the window. And one thing I should mention at this point is where we lived uh, when I was growing up is was sort of, you know, Right behind a runway, uh, a, an airport, mm. and so the actual end of the runway was a, about from the edge of my sort of house property, property line. Sorry, um it was about a thousand yards. That's how close this airport was to the house we lived.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So I'm towards my bedroom window looking out. It's nighttime, and then all I see is just these different lights appearing in in every sort of part of the skyline different colors so it wasn't like i was seeing one craft with a lot of different lights on it Mm. i'm just seeing it's almost like fireworks going off but it wasn't fireworks it's like somebody playing with a a torch or a laser Mm. or a spotlight but it's just different colors sort of popping around uh and then this is where it becomes very strange and this is where it feels like throughout my research that I've done you could say that this might be embedded memories or fake memories mm-hmm. or whatever but then what happens is I'm stood outside the front of my, my uh, childhood home uh, the other side of the road that the, the front of the house is on uh and i'm looking towards the house but it's a beautiful sunny day like the middle of the day so it was just night time i was in bed and now all of a sudden it's the middle of the day but i'm looking up at this sort of lamppost and then all of a sudden i notice in this in the distance this you know the sky is you know really really blue this craft coming towards me and it stops right above me and just hovers there with no noise but in all honesty and I can remember thinking about this when I sort of divulged the memories is that the, the craft in it, uh, the craft that I saw, sorry, looked like the craft that's in flight of the Navigator, except <laughs> it was slightly wow. gold, gold yeah. and it had hieroglyphs on it. Um, but, you know, throughout the years, I've kind of thought, oh, Christ, that thing looked like the thing from mm-hmm. flight of the Navigator. Now, I was at the right age that Flight of the Navigator was a movie. Uh, hmm. Well, yeah, it was a movie that would have come out
0: several years before, I think. Maybe. Several
1: years before.
0: Yeah.
1: However, like what I pointed out when I was discussing this with Ben is that you know you got to go back to being a sort of fourteen-year-old. At the age of fourteen, I was too cool for watching kids' films and yeah. stuff. Like that. So I'd That's never that watched Flight of the Navigator at that point in my life.
0: Oh you never seen I, it at that point?
1: No, I hadn't. I, oh. I've I've since gone back and watched it. Yeah.
0: Um
1: you know, but I'd never watched it at that point. Um you know, but then again, you know, like if there's anybody out there listening to this that's skeptical, uh, mm. I'm sort of with you at, in some of the at some of the time and you know, one of the things that I instantly would say straight away if I was listening to myself Relay this experience is that well you could have seen some sort of advertising yeah, poster or, or an ad on a
0: VHS yeah. so or something. Yeah, sure.
1: being something that yeah. influenced you and put that into your head. So that sort of you know feeds into the whole dream concept. But here's then where it goes interesting because all mm-hmm. of a sudden it then twists and it goes back to nighttime. But now everything that I recall is basically just through my vision and Mm -hmm. um but also memory of feeling as well so all of a sudden what's happening is it's it's nighttime but i'm traveling over land at an exceptionally fast rate Mm -hmm. but i get the sense that i'm in some sort of craft and i also get the sense that i'm being pushed upwards which is kind of like the anti of gravity like Mm -hmm. because The way that i was looking down at the ground if i'm being pushed up then i'm being pushed up against gravity rather Mm -hmm. than being pushed down so but i felt like i was on the ceiling or the inside of something and i was looking through a floor but the floor Mm -hmm. was kind of transparent at times so i could see this land just passing by really really fast and it felt like the g-force or or the the seeing the land pass by so quickly just made me kind of pass out i can recall thinking i've got to close my eyes i've got to close my eyes Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden i then have a last memory of um basically waking sort of up but being really strong in the sense that we've now stopped moving But as soon as I sort of come to grips with that, the craft or whatever it is that I'm in sort of moves, it tilts. So um, if you imagine a dome like this, all of a sudden it went like that. So I'm in the middle at the top here looking down, this is the ground, but then all of a sudden it goes like that and I'm looking sideways. And when I get to the point where I'm looking sideways, all I can see is this field at night time, and I'm seeing this craft landing in the field. Um, Now, if you wanted me to describe the craft, it was about 10 metres diameter, but just looked like a slab of iron, Mm -hmm. like dirty metal. Um, No flashy crazy lights nothing like that had a little square in the middle of it but again it just looked like pure metal it didn't have any windows or anything Mm. like like that and i just saw it land in the field and so that's where my kind of memories end but if i take you back to the beginning and You know, this was all kicked into place by me seeing this new picture in this newspaper. (coughs) The picture in the newspaper was of a crop circle in a field. And the field that this crop circle was in is the same field
0: that I saw the craft landing in. Huh? That's crazy. Yeah. So... But, and you've never seen that field before. It wasn't somewhere near where you live, nothing you're familiar with apart from in the the vision of the abduction. Is that right?
1: Yes, yes. And the the big frustrating thing is is that, you know, we all know that when you're sort of 14 or a teenager, you live for today, you don't live for Mm -hmm. tomorrow. And so. I didn't think to pay attention to what that newspaper was. Mm. I didn't think to pay attention to remembering and noting down what the date was that this all happened. And as the years have passed and because there's been these great portions of time where Mm. I felt comfortable to talk about it, um, you know, now I couldn't tell you whether that was a national newspaper Mm. or a local newspaper, um, but it did feel Like, especially where I go back to the section where I saw the land passing really fast, it did feel like, uh, you know, that I travelled a great distance. Do you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So, but again, what everybody has to understand is that I will talk about this experience now, but that doesn't mean that I am necessarily would sit here and say, I was abducted by... Mm -hmm some unknown force or aliens or whatever because i equally can understand like things like as i mentioned the sleep paralysis sure Um, sure you know the bit that i described to you at the beginning is very very much like you know um incidents that people that suffer with that condition have you know kind of reported or been observed and 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 recorded by doctors etc that that's awake but
0: frozen aspect of it of course i mean i I get sleep paralysis well infrequently i haven't really had it for a long time i think but yes you know i can remember perhaps thinking in my memory that i saw something but you know sort of reviewing it from a point of when you were in a dream state with your eyes open essentially with your body frozen Mm. who knows one thing that does encourage me about you not knowing the the title or the date or the details of the newspaper actually is that's a very genuine response as a 14 year old you have some weird uh flashback from a trauma experience at least that that's what it sounds like to me you run off you know you're not well in the bathroom and you come back and you don't immediately say i better grab that newspaper to reference in an interview with a guy called andy 25 years from now so i can prove it to everybody you know you just move on and forget about it as any normal 14 year old would want to do because that's something unpleasant that's just happened to you it's probably another memory that you want to flash back again and you know on you on you go why would you uh start an investigation at that point why would you not just walk away from it and hope it doesn't happen again which i'm sure is what you did at the time yeah
1: and, and i guess you know that is it you know using that scenario is applying a lot of logic to it as well mm. but you know another symptom of it is the absence of logic actually mm-hmm. you know at that age like you say at the age of 14 i mean um but you, you know a big factor a big factor is that i would describe the whole process and just how this all came back to me mm-hmm. as a bit traumatic so mm-hmm i didn't talk to anybody like anybody about it for three years and i didn't feel comfortable Mm. to talk about it until i met someone who the first person ever in my life face to face was open to talking about Mm. that kind of phenomena Um, so i opened up and the first time i opened up about it was an absolute car crash Mm. Uh, i didn't know how to to formulate it over the years i've like how i just talked it through to you in a linear Mm. fashion is kind of not how the memories came back to me um and if i talk about the memories in the the way that they came back to me it would make even less sense Mm. and it would be utterly chaotic but again that's quite indicative of you know other reports that you've had from Abductees and and the memories that they recall, and also feeling like fake memories have been inserted as well to sort of Mm. kind of make it more confusing. But again, you can't escape from the fact that you know a lot of people could
0: say, well, you just had a really prolific dream. But yeah, it's very strange to remember something in that much detail as a a victim of trauma would. You know, you see the same things with child abuse and war and other bits and pieces where people have and I get it sometimes with the witnesses that talk to me have seen very strange things they can recount the same experience seven eight times in a row without missing a detail every little detail is remembered at least of the memory that they have of it that to me sounds a lot like like their experiences you there's some sort of trauma based response that's remembering everything that's why you can't forget it and that's why you tell it the same every time
1: there's Mm. been quiet periods of my life where i've been able to kind of almost put it to the back and just like you know Mm. not forget about it but then i keep coming back to it and i and you know there is a sort of still an element of it that's quite traumatic because it's it's traumatic because I can't I can't solve it, mm. I can't explain it, and this is why I want to try and do this documentary because the, the core part of this documentary will be to talk about the experience in a little bit more detail and try and go into it, uh, and I'm I'm hoping that I can use some sort of visual aids to really set kind of tone so people can understand Mm. a little bit better um but the main core of it is that i want to hunt down this newspaper article Mm. and the picture because if i'm able to find that i mean i am a bit scared and that's why i put it off and put it off and put it off because i think if there's an honest part of me i'm a bit petrified that i would find it because if Mm. i did find it i think i don't know you know quite right now how i would process that because it would be kind of like for me not for anybody else Mm. i would understand how that's not uh an essential criteria for somebody else to believe in my experience because ultimately they could say well you just found a picture from that same year a, you know of a crop circle
0: would yeah. be done that they'd have to take it on faith essentially but I um, mean, uh, that's not really the point
1: that's why it's not it's, it's not the point because that's why i'm calling the documentary the search for my truth mm. because yes. this is my truth if i'm able to find that picture and go that is the picture i saw that is mm. the field that i saw i know exactly still to this day how it looks and i can give you details about that field because it wasn't just a a normal field, it was on about a 30 30 degree mm-hmm. incline. It had mm-hmm. a hedge running through the middle of it. So, effectively, it was kind of like two fields and uh it had a bank at the bottom of it. So, you know, when I come across the picture, I will re- recognize it and I will remember it um, mm-hmm. because it's burnt into the memory of my head. And, and this is again, you know, I go in circles, I go in circles. Honestly, you know, it could drive. A person a little bit cuckoo.
0: Well, the that- I, no, I mean, I, and I understand that. That everything you're saying, actually, gee, that it's all, it has all of the the, the hallmarks of a trauma, based memory, basically. You know, it has a trauma based memory. You're desperate to unravel it. You don't have all the details. You can't forget it, and it unnerves you. Gives you this deep seated, um, what if. Sort of a uh, sense of uh of pending doom almost i suppose in a way that something is wrong that you couldn't figure out and how do you go back in and, and solve this mystery yeah. that to me if i was speaking to a witness who's telling me similar things about an experience they had <clears throat> in this same way already on my little on my, i have a little list of red flags and things like that i wouldn't have any reds at the moment it'd be like oh that's a green that's a green okay same details over the years Is troubled by it, can't seem to forget it. He's trying to objectively doubt his own experience to see if it could be a dream or something he can easily excuse to eradicate the problem that he's experiencing with this situation. I get the feeling that actually you would happily, um, dismiss it and explain it away with something, uh, something natural, a natural phenomena if you could
1: yes yes and i think there's also been portions of my life where that's how i've compartmentalized it by going Mm -hmm. you know what it was just a dream move on Hmm. but then, you know the thing is you you then have this realization that you're just lying to yourself but again going back to what i was saying earlier on um about looking outside of you know just not always looking at ufology Hmm. um there's a really good example of looking at cases of post-traumatic stress, mm-hmm. you know, people that have had soldiers and stuff like that and how they do compartmentalise and how they do try and rationalise it, and how they do try to bury it. And there's a lot of these kind of behaviours that really fit with what happened to me, because as I said, um, you know, I didn't talk about it and, you know, it happened when I was sort of 14. I didn't talk about it for the first time until I was 17. So already we've got a gap of three years. When I spoke about it when I was 17, I found it really, really difficult. I found it really, really emotional. I was shaking. I was, you know, it was not uh, a pleasant process. And I was really embarrassed because it was like, you know, almost... You know, I could imagine looking through my friend's eyes that thinking, wow, this person's like really taking this seriously. But I just got really, really emotional. And and then, you know, the years that followed, I, I discussed it with maybe three other people before I openly discussed it with Ben. Mm-hmm. And. Um, each of those times that I've ever discussed it with anybody, as uh, been after i've got a lot of dutch courage and Mm. i'm quite inebriated Mm. i've been um yeah
0: sure that helps
1: yes because it helps deal with the like sometimes you know i i definitely think it was really really cathartic talking about it with ben Mm. i i was so nervous running up to that that interview because i just thought but you know that's the great thing with time and age and you know and, and especially the last five year window where i've been doing a lot more research into both paranormal ufology, mm. cryptozoology but also keeping that keen interest that i have and and what we kind of tried to deliver on the fault as well of having a real interest in science and mm. you know, scientific discovery and archaeology and all these different areas and you know, what it's allowed me to do is just, I guess, be comfortable with the fact that I'm sat in the middle at the moment.
2: Mm.
1: So There's nothing wrong with saying, do you know what? I'll hold this here and I will continue to talk about it. I will continue yeah. to process it. I would continue to try and process it. But at the same time, I need to continue to investigate. it. I need to continue to kind of try and, yeah. be, you know, d- d- deliver an explanation and i think that's why it's going to be awesome to really get into this this documentary i mean it was meant to be the first thing that launched on the channel but i recently um you know went and spent some time with ben in north yorkshire you know investigating him and uh we had such a good time and saw you know some really interesting stuff that i just i was too excited and had to start working on that video and then i've launched the channel with that three-part series so it's going Mm -hmm. to be a three-part series but part one is already available
0: amazing and of course you know with working with ben allgate as well there's somebody who's had similar experience in some way at least uh you know visitations of a kind and not only of the um uh, of the fourth kind but also of the, the the supernatural kind and i lived in a haunted house yeah, poltergeist yeah. and all these things all this years when i interviewed him i was very surprised by that um so i'm not really into that kind of phenomena but we had a very old house when i was growing up where there were always sort of shadows going past the windows or you know footsteps on the stairs and we also had my family had a martial arts federation and uh, everybody went it was like this weird sort of family thing everybody had to go there it was like 20 of us in this one club and mm-hmm. a few other stragglers and it was a really old building that had been used by the Salvation Army but it was from like the you know, 1600s or early 1700s something like that and we had a gym downstairs and I would work out there on the weekend and you would always hear the laughter of children and running up and down the stairs sometimes you know it was completely empty big old club and uh yeah you know spooky spooky going yeah. on and again i'm not really into that kind of stuff but i have you know had a few incidents over time which i've just uh put down to spookiness <laughs> just moved on and i guess you know that's that's how things are sometimes i'm um, talking about other people sharing your experiences apart from ben have you ever interviewed another witness or, or talked to another uh person in everyday life who who's had a similar experience to you this abduction like experience
1: not abduction no I've spoken to quite a few people who are witnesses you know so I'm not 100% um I should do but um scale I think Ben's encounter was a third kind because I think he Mm. saw a being like again to point out with my experience I never saw a being Mm. I never communicated with anyone not like in a way that I remember communicating with someone, mm-hmm. um, all I saw was that shadow. And as I said, I have no descriptive of what it was, just mm-hmm. this thing that almost like a blur, but um, you know, it's really funny because with Ben, um, that's how we made the connection funny enough, not mm-hmm. just the scenario of the experience, but how we remembered our experiences. Cause it was all like a flood of memories coming back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think with Ben's, it was slightly different. It was just that it came back to him years later. And again, you know, people go, oh, that's convenient, you know, especially the skeptics. But the honest truth is that, you know, if somebody has a traumatic experience, whether that's they see somebody get blown up in front of them, Mm. the human brain has the ability and the tendency to lock that memory away. It's a safety mechanism. Uh, coping, yeah, it's coping mechanism. Yeah, yeah. It's a proven scientific process, mm-hmm. and I don't care what anybody says. If you're a child and you see something mm-hmm. in a like using Ben's example, if you're in a wood, wood, little wooded area and you see a creature that you can't explain what that creature is, and you will, your brain will compartmentalize that in mm-hmm. some way, especially if you you know obviously people deal with things differently as well so another child could have seen that same thing and and not reacted in the same way but you know and uh i I think it's a genuine condition which you know a lot of people just scoff at go oh yeah you didn't remember or you just remembered later how convenient is that
0: i think that just shows that they didn't have they've never had a similar experience to that and i think what's hard to accept for a lot of people out there When they're talking to witnesses of strange animals that remember the whole thing years later, is that our our brain, there's a factory reset in our brain, especially as children. There's a daily factory reset. You wake up with the same positivity every day You reset and that factory reset loses its, I think it loses its power as you get older. You can't wake up with that same reset so often anymore. But when you're a child, you definitely can. That's why children, you know, go through such an unimaginable thing sometimes and come out the other end without any, outwardly anyway, significant damage. And then years later, you know, they hit 40 or something. They have a few of these trauma memories start flooding back in because the factory reset's not so strong anymore. Yeah. And then it all comes flooding back and people say, oh, this happened to me, or I was abused, or... I don't know, you know, I was beaten up or whatever happened, you know, I saw a ghost, an alien, or this or that. I was taken away. Um, a Bigfoot used to play with me in the garden on our property in Australia. I listened to one like that recently when I was a kid and the mum used to come and the child, Yowie, used to play with her. This girl listened to this whole interview. And they were like, Didn't you think that was unusual? And she said, No, I was just a child. In fact, I didn't even remember it until years later when I came mm-hmm. back to the property. it all came flooding back to me because with our brains are primed to make things normal and the things that aren't normal we just pick that out and carry on with the normal things of the day you know school homework tv whatever the thing the thing is that you're into uh, and then on you go you know it's it's business as usual that's what people don't understand in my opinion
1: but i think sometimes you know and what what is better i guess these days, is that people are a lot more open to talking about it. It's still not perfect, but you know, because we all talk a lot more about things like UFOs and UAPs, mm. because there's a lot of you know, press with the Pentagon getting involved and all of this kind of more official kind of stamp mm. on the UAP UA, UFO phenomenon. Abducted from your bedroom as a child is a completely different Mm. conversation and a lot of people still are not open to listening to it, but more, more than, you know, in the past, certainly throughout my lifetime. And I think that that has a really positive, um, you know, positive impact and i guess it could be said for any sort of category of, of the paranormal whether that be you know cryptozoology or anything like that because people talking about it more openly adds to the investigation because the more people that say come forward and talk about it and then have some sort of similarity in how either their, their brain has processed it or how uh you know what it was that they experienced it all helps feed into that study, right? And, and just that pool of uh, of research. And so, I think it's it's a good thing for people to talk about it. And um, and you know, um, I can't I can't see any negativity to it, other than you know, some people are extremely sceptic about the whole thing.
0: Yeah. yeah, sure. The way I like to think about it, gee, is that, in the same way, when I'm talking about Bigfoot or Nessie or something like that, is for many people out there, I'm literally saying to them fairies, fairies and goblins and ghouls and, you know, ghosts yeah. and, and genies. And it's, I might as well be saying those words, mermaids. Mermaids are everywhere. I might as well be saying that to people because it's all in the same bracket to them. Mm. And I, it's, it's also another safety mechanism that people have to, um, to to believe the world has been assessed in its entirety and every aspect of the world has now been discovered and explored you can google this that and the other and come up with the answer for for whatever scientific uh evidence there is to support everything and yet those things in the paranormal that uh, that are out there whether they be ufos or, or ghosts or strange animals that's that leaves a gap you know, Leaves the gap in the defenses that people have. They don't want to have to deal with that gap. And plus, some unfortunately uh, affected persons, sometimes with severe mental health conditions, also claim similar things. So it's an ever defense yeah. against entertaining or I suppose encouraging a a fantasy in somebody who's severely mentally disturbed and I might not benefit. From your endorsement of the delusion, so there's yes. all of these aspects for the normie if you want to call them that out there and now you talked about the uaps and governments talking about that stuff and i was surprised when uh a year or so ago when i think it was the the ex uh israeli head of the was it either the air force or was it the military actually no it was their space program in fact yeah. and he came out and said aliens are real they've made contact with us And, uh, you know, we're all going to find out more about it pretty soon. All your governments are hiding in. And all of the newspapers gave him a lot of airtime. And I was like, "Oh, that's a bit strange that they're giving him airtime. And nobody's saying, check out this crazy guy. The ex-Israeli head of the space program has gone crazy. Nobody's saying that. They're like, oh, really? That's interesting. And as you say, Obama comes on and talks about it and says, oh, yes, you know, there could definitely be UFOs. We've seen evidence. Trump alludes to it people in the british um uh space agency also allude to the possibility and start releasing files remember all those files that they released um the uk government released why do you think that is a lot of people are saying it's because there's some sort of contrived emergency that they're either trying to 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 bring to our attention for some future um future uh, 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 scam or some future you know massive spending on on defense or what do you think it could be
1: look i mean um you know probably the the realm of ufology is my top mm-hmm. expert kind of category within the paranormal content that i do and so i've you know absorbed a lot i mean you were talking about that um you know, official from is, Israel mm. who came out with that announcement. Um, you know, there's a lot of stuff like that that's happened. And then a lot of scientists that have come on board with, um, you know, people like A.V. Loeb um, and, um, you know, his sort of endorsement of the, uh, uh, the I always get the name wrong, the Mamam uh, Mamu or something like that, the, the big, rock that came into our system into our collective oh, yeah, yeah um i can't remember the name of it now uh it's a long name and it sounds like some sort of you know native american tribal um <laughs> momoa or something you know um but anyway there's there's definitely a sense that for me the overriding thing to get to my point all the research that I've done is pointing me towards um, some sort of neutralization where it is kind of just trying to climatize us to the concept.
0: Mm. Yeah. That's that's what it seems like.
1: Yeah. uh, Basically when you think about the world that we live in now and how we're already immersed into technology Mm. There is no photograph, there is no video footage that anybody is ever going to watch and 100% of the world population are going to believe that it's true. And they've got good right to because special effects and things like post-editing, so AI, Mm -hmm. it's got so advanced that nobody is ever going to 100% believe it through that format anymore. And so, you know... The only way in which everybody in the world would believe it in in aliens right now, tomorrow, all at the same time, is if every single TV channel was taken over by an emergency broadcast. They could look out the window and see the craft hanging there Mm. in the sky over their capitals or whatever. That is the only way that people believe. But that would also cause mass panic, mass Mm. chaos, mass craziness right so i think there's a slow another slow constructed way um we're getting a lot of evidence that people know that contact has already been made hmm. technology is possibly being shared i mean again depending on how far you're willing to go down the conspiracy rabbit hole you know a lot of people question our technological boost and how hmm. did we you know Advance so quickly from you know the microchip to the next stage to the next stage in just a span of like 20 years and again people will you know the conspiracy theorists will say that it's because there's been some sort of injection of interference mm-hmm. um uh, and technology shared and again That is a lot about in the UFO community. That's a lot what it's about. Area 51, Rendersham Forest, uh, Roswell. Mm. It's all about we've captured this tech. We're in possession of it. We're aware of them. But also what's really confusing, and I've covered this in one of my videos, is that a lot of their dialogue right now, like the Pentagon and the US military, a lot of their dialogue is almost one of surprise. Like... Mm. Oh my God! We don't know how these things are doing what they're doing, and um, you know, uh, and that to me doesn't 100% ring true because Hmm. it would be massive conflict with everything else because they would surely know. But if if we're talking about if you're somebody who's invested into the world of ufology and you say that you believe in the Holy Grail of Roswell 1947, Hmm. well, we're talking about the fact that then. As a human species, we've had possession of alien technology for almost 85 years. Mm-hmm. So why all of a sudden are people in the military and the government of that same country
0: going, Yeah, oh, absolutely. absolutely. So it's just something that doesn't add up. Well, once again, it's it's the and it happens with lots of things in society. If we as general and regular people in the public can see... Or have an awareness of these things and what they can do, the strange and unusual things like the, the, the uh, impossible aerodynamics, you know, the sudden stops and turns and all these amazing things these aircraft do for, as you say, 80 years or so. How would they only now just starting to say, Oh my goodness, what is this? We've just become aware of this. Clearly, that's not the case. It is, as you, um, as you propose, all about getting this there could be aliens there could be UFOs out into the general um uh subconscious of yeah. of the world public what's strange about it to me though is that it went actually because of maybe because of uh the events of the last 3 years it almost went without notice it was like oh okay and everybody just kind of carried on it wasn't like, like wow world breaking news it was like, and amidst all of the crazy, weird things that you've been fed every day, here's something else. Obama thinks there's aliens. The you know ex head of the uh, Israeli space agency now, ha- knowing a lot about that country, having a- spent a lot of time there, that is an impossible statement for him. No ex official like that in that country comes out and number one divulges any secrets, and two says something so insane, you know insanely. Yeah outrageous
1: what he said because uh Mm. he he was the guy that basically said there's four species right Mm. and he's not the only one that uh, has said that he -hmm. he basically has said that there's actually an alliance of species and there's four of them all together and they're not the same Mm. and some of them where we should fear more than others yeah um and it's weird that number of four does come up with other government officials around the the globe Mm -hmm. that have come forward and also said similar. Um, There's a a retired, um, I think it's either an American or a Canadian politician who also has basically said that he overheard, yeah, it it was a Canadian politician and he was doing some sort of collaboration with the US government and he overheard them talking about these four different species in this kind of alliance like mm. you know the sense is that the word alliance is used that there are already four species that have got a uh, an alliance basically and, mm. and uh so that's interesting because it, it's a common theme that keeps coming up and it's coming from government sources it's not just so coming why from do a, they
0: want to you know, know that am- or something? what are the four species gee it doesn't
1: go into uh uh, in in the stuff because you know again in the world of ufology there's you know a lot of different catalogued Mm. um you know common species so like you know the gray Mm. uh the lizard people um that that's also you know the the lizard people are almost as popular as the grays um Mm. In the number of uh, reports but also you have the humanoids so there's also a species of aliens that are, are meant to actually look quite a lot like us and uh they also i believe to be connected to the men in black uh, mm-hmm. because the men in black are described as being um you know in most cases they've been described as looking just about human mm-hmm. uh, you can tell that they're not human um so yeah, but I mean, in these articles that I'm talking about or the revelations that these politicians have made, they've mm. not gone into that detail. It's more been about names rather than okay. descriptions of species. Um and certainly one of them, if not both of them, I think, haven't said that they've seen it themselves. They've just overheard other people mm. talking about it. But again, um, you know, like like going back to what you said in terms of the pandemic. Mm. You know again there's a really big conspiracy out there that you know one or the other was designed to you know work in contrast to the other like oh we're faced with this pandemic now would be a good time to put a little bit of information out about this stuff and it doesn't cause so much like mass panic because people are more focused on this crazy everything that's going on around the world What does worry me is there's a lot of people within these circles of um, government officials or military officials or retired military that have come forward and said that there's going to be a lot of revelation in this year. 2023 has been sort of, you know, mentioned Mm. and highlighted quite a lot. And that worries me because I think if nothing ends up happening, it's going to go take a lot of people back two mm. steps of like, oh, this is all nonsense because all I've been hearing for the last year and a half is how there's going to be this big revelation in 2023. And then 2023 came and went and, and nothing happened. Uh, so we'll see, but there is a, definitely a lot of people again that have mentioned that we're working towards, but I, I I personally don't believe that. I personally believe the, the only way this species is going to climatize to it is by a slow process and you know and just drip feed in the reality of it out Mm. to the point where at some point it becomes like oh come on just tell us because we're not bothered anymore they're probably that Uh, exactly exactly
0: just like things that what was that thing that came out recently that uh regarding not regarding aliens but uh Uh, regarding jfk that the cia was involved in his murder you know files released after all these years you're like duh you know like we didn't know that i mean Mm -hmm. this is not a revelation do you think it's going to be like that eventually they'll tell us and we'll say yeah yeah we kind of figured that like 30 years ago thanks for the the flash. But another thing, just going a bit off the obvious topic that I'm
1: excited about all these revelations and like the Tic Tac and the Gimbal and the flur and all those footage that were released by the Pentagon. And I'm not, I don't know if you're aware, but there was one just launched this, another one that was released this week. And what's exciting about all of them, and this is again, a, a, common, uh, a common topic and mm-hmm. belief that myself and Ben share, is that... <clears throat> The oceans play a huge part in ufology, I believe. Mm. Um, because you know, I talk about ufology because that's the easiest way to categorize the you know, the subject. But when you think about what the word UFO means, it means unidentified flying object. So it could be a number of things that are occupying that unidentified flying object, and it necessarily doesn't mean that it's extraterrestrial. One of the reasons why I've named the new channel that I've launched the underground paradox is because, you know, I want to delve a lot more into the advanced ancient civilization theory. Um, you know, I really, um, it's something that I've been very keen on for a long time and, and also looking to Mars for evidence mm. as well. Cause I think that there's a lot of strange things on Mars, which I don't care what, nasa says i don't care what this person says i just think that we need better some better explanations and i'm not mm-hmm. talking about all the kind of rag mag kind of things that you see like you know the pictures of what looks like a person walking across the sun i'm talking about things like right angles you know from mm-hmm. the lunar modules that that circle and orbit mars they are always taking photographs and many of those photographs shown structures that have right angles mm. and right angles don't sort of form like that naturally and so i just think there's lots of other things that need other explanation but anyway, to get to where i was going and that is that if you go down the avenue of thinking that there might have been some civilization um living on this planet that was intelligent was advanced came before us and mostly died out, but not all died out. Uh And then if they decided or they had already evolved to live in Mm. a different environment below the surface, um where you know we still have 80% of our planet that we haven't fully explored Mm. and that what a great place to remain undetected. And what's exciting about the footage that's released by the Pentagon, it's all near or around water. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of similar footage that was more unofficial that came out free, the whole Fleur, uh, Gimbal and Tic Tac footage. And certainly this new one that's been released by the Pentagon, you know, one of the things that they comment about it at the end is they say, oh my God, it just splashed down into the water. Uh and that's the second one now where they've seen it moving both in the water and out of the water almost like the water isn't a thing to it it's like Mm. again if you go down this realm of um if you go down the realm of uh i'm sorry i've decided mind blank the guy from uh area 51 um the guy who claimed to work in area 51 i'm trying to oh remember. yeah
0: uh, he's been on all the podcasts yeah. yeah and we'll we'll yeah we'll put that in the description well yeah i know he
1: talked about yeah he I'm basically thinking. talks a lot about you know what he saw area 51 leans towards anti-gravity and one of the aspects of anti-gravity is that if you achieve it then you're not uh, you're not affected by the normal physics um I can't believe I forgot his name. I've done so many episodes on him. It's crazy. I'm, I'm just, Bob Lazar. I'm
0: just Googling him. Bob Lazar.
1: Bob Lazar. That's it. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Crazy that I forgot his name. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, but um, so, you know, he talks about this anti-gravity. And again, if you, if you were to achieve a vessel that could achieve anti-gravity, mm. then it would, it would um, break all the laws of physics in mm. terms of like water wouldn't be water, air wouldn't be air. And so... It would explain a lot but what's exciting about all of these footage is that either around water or involving water and that feeds very much into both you know ben and mine um you know kind of thinking that we should be looking to the oceans mm. the explanation
0: um, i think that's a that's i mean that's a, an amazing line of inquiry and of course as you mentioned what better hiding place could there be than the deep ocean yeah um if they were equipped to to the people and
1: and then it's just extending that thinking that they've always been here Mm. like they've been here longer than we have um so they're not alien where people then think you know a lot especially a lot of the skeptics say well it it, you know there isn't a a species that could travel that far in space Mm. to get to us you know it's just not possible it's scientifically not possible but what if they were never from anywhere else (laughs) what if they've always been here that's, uh, that's theory before. is growing
0: in popularity all the time, actually. Earth aliens, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, that, that, that really that weird. I've just of, done, of some I've kind just of done an
1: episode on Billy Meere. Mm. And Billy Meere almost says the same sort of thing. I mean, he does claim that the people that he interacted with come from areas called uh, the Pleides and mm. like the knoll system and stuff like that. But actually, what he does is he refers to them all as alien humans. Mm. Um, you know, these so, are the
0: very Nordic looking. Yes, um, yeah.
1: yes, uh, and again, that's your very humanoid. Mm. Um, when we were talking about alien categories earlier on, y- your Nordic is is your very your kind of humanoid, blonde hair, um, blue eyes, very pale skin. But again. It's all interesting. I'm not saying that I believe in it all. I just find sure. it incredibly interesting. it fuels me still to this day to continue researching and, and learning new stuff.
0: I think it's a fascinating subject. And I, I think it's so fascinating because similar to other disciplines like, um, I suppose, like ghost painting, like cryptozoology, there are so many witnesses, so many credible witnesses. And of course, with UFOs, there's so much footage footage can be disputed but there's we're running out of plausible explanations for things i think yes now yeah. we have drones and other bits and pieces that could be spotted in the sky and perhaps could be mistaken for something from time to time most of these craft of the scene i mean they are an aerodynamic impossibility most of them they they move in a way that, that can't be explained the current technology that we possess and that, to me, is the most amazing amazing thing. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of on the shelf. I'm on the fence as far as aliens are concerned, but UFOs, advanced aircraft, that's a fascinating. Yeah, um, I mean, a really exactly. fascinating subject.
1: I mean, you know, sort of moving away from the alien explanation, uh, there is a, a growing um, don't want to call it conspiracy, really, but a, a growing ideology that. A lot of this stuff that is being captured and, and being witnessed and, and being catalogued and you know uh released by the Pentagon is um it is public sector. Mm. Um because you know what the US military is saying and why <clears throat> they've now made you know official parties to you know, investigate this and, and discuss mm. it and, and, and and you know, offices to to look into it is because they're saying, well, this th- these objects are breaching our airspace. We don't know how to stop them. We don't know how to control them. We know they're not Chinese. We know they're not Russian. We know they're not this. Um, what are they? And then, so there's this group of people that now said, well, maybe it's somebody like, Um, you know, Iron Man. Um, Someone who's a, you know, a a, a public privatised inventor who doesn't...
0: Okay. Do you Mm. know what I
1: mean? So somebody who's actually created technology that's out there um, and is using it, but hasn't shared it with anybody because they're fearful of how they would manipulate it.
0: Some Um, anonymous Elon Musk at the... Exactly, Yeah. yeah okay okay yeah
1: i, I mean that, that's and, and very possible. why it's why all of a sudden the, the u.s government are going we don't mm-hmm. know what this is because um you know some some privatized uh companies got away with being as cook uh, you know top secret as they possibly can be that they've even kept it off the military radar
0: that would be i mean that would be encouraging in a way i suppose that there are there are individuals out there that could achieve such great technological advancements above and beyond, you know, the entire resources of the U.S. government, for example, or the Chinese government. What do you think about this? Um, we sort of talk about hypersonic missiles recently. The Chinese tested one. The Russians have used one recently. And, you know, this is, you know, this is next generation in terms of speed and reach. Wow. Could all of these UFO exposures, could they be coded? messages to other governments that understand the message that you know x y and z ufo that was reported on our territory is actually part of the experimental aircraft that we are using at the moment and this public disclosure is in order to tell you china or you russia that this is the technology we currently have available in um you know in a in a in a coded manner do you think there's any plausibility to that
1: um it's not something that i've you know digested a lot so Mm. i couldn't really comment on it um you know i I, i've certainly um sort of seen more about the chinese balloons and Mm. and the drones than i have the the hypersonic missiles but i think you know i i guess it's an interesting theory Mm. because it's one that you know steps into that very plausible uh realm that a lot of people could get on board with it that hold on yeah nobody's really thought about the fact that there could be just some small group or an individual who's really really smart and has created some stuff that is beyond what Mm -hmm. any of the military scientists or or you know people are working on and they just nobody knows what it is China doesn't know what it is Russia doesn't know what it is America doesn't know what it is and they're all in confusion but there's a lot of activity within that so again I'm not sure if you're aware but a lot of the there's been a huge amount of reports of interference with like things like missile silos Mm -hmm. and nuclear facilities and military Mm -hmm. facilities and again you know um a lot of people in the in the world of ufology would uh assign that to this is this species saying that they care for our planet they care Mm. for our future and how we treat each other and our outcome but what if it's just like a little bit like um you know the hackers that you get online that they're just these people that have invented this technology Mm. and want to go do you know what let's see if we can get in and be a real pain in their ass and switch their like you know, missile silos off mm. and just you know feel so great about ourselves that we've got this power that we can control military silos etc and they're just messing with them and just being
0: a technological pain in the ass i don't think that's beyond the realms of possibility i mean there's been so many examples of similar things in the past that people just getting in for the prestige of it I you know, remember that, that guy that I think he was slightly autistic or, or something like that, hacked the, you know, the Pentagon mainframe of some kind, uh, or one of the CIA mi- mainframes. And they wanted to ex- extradite him to U- the US. To, to, yeah, uh, he's originally from the UK, isn't he? Yeah, he's from the UK and lives at home with his mom. And he's just like, it's just a really autistic guy who had a superpower and, um, you know, did it because he just yeah, wanted to see it work any real concept of you know once you got in that you are essentially poking this big giant bear with a massive military intelligence apparatus that will find you um and that must have been a big wake-up call for him you know when that when that knock came on the door
1: yeah Uh, and uh, yeah yeah. it's like a. um you know, imagine a st- Tony Stark, but towards the end years where he was a lot more concerned about mm. the impact and sustainability of his uh, his network rather than when he made mm. war weapons. It's it, Imagine if there's an entrepreneur out there who has this real ecological, um you know, message and, and says to himself, you know, I don't want to share this with the militaries of the world because I just know that they'll use, um, use it to create you know,
0: war and use it for, for bad
1: stuff. So I'm going to keep it to myself. Yeah.
0: A kind of, um, a kind of monday Nikolai Tesla, right? Um, I mean, look at that guy. Apparently, allegedly, there's so many conspiracies about what he created free electricity and all or everything else, death ray, whatever else came with it. Um, who knows if he did or didn't. Um, what's for sure is that guy was shut up and put up and sort of tossed away. To make sure he can do anything else wonderful and beneficial for the world um i think maybe we should wrap it up but i just wanted to to for you to let everybody know where they can find you how they can get involved where they can find the podcast especially and the new project
1: yeah so um basically i say my main channel is the vault which you can find on youtube hopefully andy can put it in the, the the link um or in the description sorry the link in the description and um then as i was mentioning earlier i've just launched a new channel it's called the underground paradox so again um i'll share the link with you and if you wouldn't mind putting it in the description
2: mm-hmm.
1: um the work that i do on the vault is, is really um something that's really taken off really well which I, i'm really enjoying is my story time mm-hmm. uh episodes which is basically just where i tell a story around whether it be cryptozoology related or uh haunting and ghosts or you ufos it's just a simple story throughout the history um so some stories come from the 1940s some come from 2010 uh, and it's just to relax to just to listen to a story almost just like a a visual podcast um and they're going really well so i enjoy them and then, obviously, I've I met you, in, and, and you were a guest on the Vault Sessions, which is about to start taking off again in um, June because uh, I obviously had the break to, for the wedding. Um, but so I'm getting back into it now, and I, my, my first guest coming back is going to be an author called Kevin Hines, who's been an author of the book um, Plymouth Hauntings, and uh-huh. he's a paranormal investigator. So he's joining me as a guest. I obviously do the G-Star Vault episodes as well, and that's really where we just break down and look at footage or claims that people have made and try and break them down and give some examples of theories. But the stuff that I'm doing with The Underground Paradox is going to be more location-based. Uh, so it's going to be really me out investigating, being on location. And that's why it was absolutely, it wasn't the original plan, but it was a great to plan to launch that channel, which launched last week. Um, and it's launching with the three-part series with Ben Walgate from the 401 Files where I get out and investigate the North Yorkshire moors with him, and we find some crazy stuff. Wow. The, f- the first night, I don't know if you've watched part one yet, Andy, but there was some strange paranormal stuff that went on there, but what we found on day two, I couldn't have even expected it. It still weirds me out to this to this moment. It's not in the area of ufology. Um, it's more in the area of the occult, and... Um, mm. Which is really scary um uh, and again it's not an area that i've really kind of given much credence to before um but having found this location and I had this experience oh yeah I really revised my thinking on that they um, were out there because, they
0: were out yeah. there for, for sure and practicing in many rural and far away arid oh, landscapes. Yeah, they so, are, you, and I
1: think mm. we walked into one of their set-up areas mm-hmm. and um, what we found, you guys will see it hopefully on mm-hmm. camera. It's worth a watch, so hopefully uh, join me for that. But, um, no, it's been an absolute pleasure, Andy, and it's great Yes, absolutely. in yeah. a while, and we've had
0: to shift this around a few times due to illness. We had a few, um, yeah, we had a few. Well, you know, I think Winter took over and gave us each our own uh, specific... Um, body improvement trials to get through yeah you know, i i feel better having come through mine you know three months mm. after the fact or two and a half months after the fact it seemed to stay with me forever this time but there you go that's it, that
1: with you again because i was watching your last show with uh, i think it was excuse me if i get the pronunciation wrong amalia um the dark artist
0: Oh, uh, that's Sam Sheeran, Mr. Sam Sheeran. Yes, yes. that's right. Yeah. The, I, I, he's a great artist. Awesome. Yeah, I'm a big fan. I saw you talking mm. about
1: Wakefield and you were talking mm. about the pub in the centre of Wakefield and I do know Wakefield and I do know. Oh, do you? So we've got a lot of things that we can talk about in the future. How d- oh gosh,
0: how do you, well, did you go to university there?
1: I didn't go to university there. I, um, f- funny enough, you know uh as i've mentioned to you in my profile when i was younger i was uh i was signed to a record label and after that sort of all fell apart the guy that i used to work with he was running his own studio up in wakefield uh so i moved to leeds to work Uh with him so i lived in leeds for about just under two years Mm. and um and used to spend a lot of time visiting him in Wakefield and recording and writing at the studio. So um, I kind of knew the pub
0: that you were talking about. Hanging out at the Cock of the North, exactly. A great rock club as well. Uh, What the rock nights that they had were awesome. And I, I love the sculpture park in Wakefield as well. It's amazing. Know, well, I feel isn't. that
1: we've really delved into ufology a lot in this catch-up. So it'd be lovely to catch up with you again and go down more of a... Cryptid. I'd
0: love to. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, always, I'm always up for... I've got a
1: great deal to say about the uh, wild men phenomenon. So.
0: Well, I think that would be awesome if we rebook that actually. Now, I'm actually doing a lot of um, interviews with European wild men researchers at the moment. Just in a recent one with a Portuguese researcher that also went to the Navarra Forest in the Basque Country to look for the uh the the um the basque wild man i've Mm. recently been interviewing i'm gonna put out on saturday um or last saturday for anybody watching this um i'm gonna release that and it's with another spanish researcher who had an experience with the catalan wild man that lives in the 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 hills and forests around girona which is, I mean, really curious, because I lived in Barcelona for a few years, I've been to those same hills and forests in Girona, and never thought for a moment, even being really into Bigfooting at that point, that there could be any sort of similar legend. So I'm trying to get in touch with those European, you know, wild man researchers. Language is various, a bit of an issue in some cases, but some of them kindly you know, agreed to speak a little bit of English with me uh more or less depending on, on each person's ability but i don't speak that much english myself anyway so it's all it's on an equal part and um yeah you know i think it's um it's it's going it's going really well so hopefully we'll find out lots more about that
1: yeah well, I'll i'll watch out for it that sounds really really uh enjoyable and um yeah so i say we'll, we'll catch up sometime and maybe uh hopefully i can get you back on the vault sessions again but it's been an absolute pleasure
0: it's been awesome absolutely gee thank you so much and uh yeah keep going i wanna i wanna find out i want to get that um i want to get that that declaration that statement they are here we know what they are um brought to you by G. (laughs) gee take
1: care Uh, i can only wish yeah you too Bye bye